This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Ophir Frum is a serial entrepreneur who, after 23 years of creating startups in the high-tech and low-tech world, decided to combine his talent as an engineer with his passion for cycling to create a company called Bamboo Bike, an engineering firm that's creating sustainable solutions by using bamboo for modern construction, such as drones and cars. Avraham sat down with Ophir to discuss the inspiration for Bamboo Bike, solutions that the company has created outside of using bamboo as a composite material for projects, tips for startup founders, funding advice, and much more. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not just enough to have a great startup idea. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We help you keep your great innovations secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's J-M-B-D-A-V-I-S.com. Today we're going to talk about Bamboo Bike, which is your idea, your company. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm uh, 53 years old. My education is electronics and computers. I graduated from the Technion. I'm 27 years in high tech, set up several startups uh, in Israel, in Japan. I started to do business in Japan, in Asia, starting with Japan 20 years ago, 21 years ago. So I started to continue to do business in Asia. And the focus was mainly on high-tech technology, internet, communication-based startups. I've built the first websites in Israel. As time went I started to think about, you know, like everyone else I think about now, how to do sustainable things, you know, greener things, more environmental friendly. And this is how I came to Bamboo Bike. So Bamboo Bike is a is an environmentally friendly solution to a problem. Let, let's yeah. talk a little bit about, about the problem that uh, Bamboo Bike is coming to solve. Bamboo is a very ancient plant. It's a very strong plant, been used for building palaces in India. It's actually, in ancient India, it's considered to be a sacred plant. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first bamboo bicycle was actually made, at least according to Google, 1896. Wow. It was the carbon bike of its, of its time. Carbon fiber, right? Yeah. By the way, this is how we call it right now. We call it, and we have registered the name NCF, natural carbon fiber, mm. because it's a natural carbon fiber. It's cellulose, which is primarily carbon and hydrogen and oxygen, yeah. right? That's the cellulose. And it's a very uh, interesting plant. It grows very fast, up to four centimeters per hour. Wow. It's a kind of a giant grass. It absorbs a lot of CO2. Because it's a fast growth. And it doesn't use a lot of water. There are about 1,500 species of bamboo. So there are many, many kinds of bamboo. People say, oh, so you're using bamboo. 
what's environmental friendly about that? You are cutting bamboo, which is a kind of a plant, and then the panda bears will not have nothing to eat. So, so it's not, the pandas are, out of 1,500, they eat like five species, and then only a special part of the bamboo, a specific part. So it's, that's not the issue. And actually, if you think about how to put plants, if you want to make a better environment because less CO2 in the air, better plant bamboo rather than trees that it will take them decades to grow. Mm-hmm. So bamboo is a very special plant. It was there all the time. And even until now in China, in Hong Kong, in modern buildings up to 50 stories high, the scaffolding are made from natural bamboo. Wow. You know, I'm not talking about, okay, if you, you know, some village in the rural areas or, or I don't know, in ancient times. I'm talking right now. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to tell the Chinese, for example, that bamboo is strong, you know. And yeah. I think that what happened that as more composite materials, more modern materials were invented like aluminum for aviation or carbon, then you use less, less natural materials like wood or stone or bamboo. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change the reality, which bamboo is per weight is stronger than construction steel. So it's very lightweight, which I guess would make it a good candidate to use in bicycles. It's very lightweight. If we compare one liter, which is 1,000 cubic centimeters of plain metal, okay, plain iron, it will weigh 7 kilograms. Mm -hmm. The same volume of aluminum will be 2.7 kilograms. Mm -hmm. Bamboo fiber, one liter of it in, in volume, weights only 300 grams. Wow. And you know, I didn't invent bamboo fiber. That's nature or... If you believe in God, so that's God. But it was always there. People say, how it's possible that this is so strong, so light? It's it's not logical that a very ancient natural material will be like that. And I say, you know, there is a field in technology and materials called biomimicking. We are trying to produce something that will be as strong as a spider web. Because mm-hmm. it's very, very strong and it's totally natural. And that's the same with bamboo. Now, another amazing thing about bamboo, which, okay, you say it's very light, it's very strong. Why don't everyone is using that? And the reason is because of the price and not what you think about the price. One ton of aluminum cost over $2,000. One ton of bamboo poles cost about $20. Wow. And actually, since the industry, how to profit from this is the percentage of what you sell instead of say, okay, let's say you want to profit something and then add the percentage. But since it's only profiting from the percentage of the product or the material, then no one wants to really do commerce on bamboo. Mm -hmm. So there's less of a market for bamboo just because it's so cheap, you're saying? Yeah. So you're solving an environmental problem because currently there are bicycles and other methods of transportation that are made out of steel, aluminum, and other materials. And you're saying we can use bamboo instead, right? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what sort of methods of transportation, what sort of vehicles do you have in mind or have you been Well, we started with with, uh, bicycles because we thought 
And this is why we call the company Bamboo Bike, obviously, because we didn't want to build a furniture chair or a table. We thought about something very cool, like a bicycle. But right now we are in the status that companies are reaching us. For example, I told you regarding the strength per weight for drones. It will be lighter if it will be made from composite bamboo plates mm-hmm. and not carbon. And also, the reason that the army is looking for solutions that are sustainable, you will be amazed because carbon and fiberglass are toxic. You don't, you don't have a place to bury it. It's, it's a problem. This is why still the crates for bullets, which is something that you use a lot, are still made from wood. Mm-hmm. Because you could dispose of them yeah. easily. And you cannot make wooden uh, drones. So we are approached by companies that are looking for sustainable solutions. I can tell you that in uh, two months ago, within an online virtual exhibition, Ecomotion, which is the largest e-mobility exhibition in Israel, I was talking with the head of circular economy in BMW, And they have a problem because right now they need, uh, according to the European Union laws, is at least 95% of the car must be recyclable. Wow. (laughs) 95% and it's going up. It was 80 something, went 95. I'm not saying that they are doing that, but the material. And so plastic is a big no-no. Right. Even if in psychology, you know, you think about bamboo oh maybe it's not so strong but for things that doesn't have to be so strong you can put uh, instead of plastic some kind of a composite bamboo boards in the dashboard or something like that what's nice about bamboo because it's a natural material it will not be harmed by uv Mm -hmm. like plastic you know sometimes I, i talk with people what do you think let's say you have a seat of a bicycle it will be from plastic or something, or it will be from a natural leather of an animal, like a cow or something. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, the natural thing will decay in the plastic. Yes. No, I'm saying the opposite. The plastic seat of the bicycle will be very sensitive to the UV. And the uh, leather that is made from a cow, for example, you know, the cow is living 70 years, you know, under the sun. Nothing happened. So natural yeah. materials are actually... Very strong. I can tell you that the the recent project that we are doing right now in India, for example, we understood a year and a half ago that we cannot travel to India because of COVID-19. Then I say, okay, let's put a post on LinkedIn. Not not advertising, you know, that we're looking for investors and partners in India because we want to solve the immobility problem in India. And... We got within two weeks about half a million responses. So we did something good. Now, you can say 50% of that was because we're talking about April, May, June 2020. All the big investors and managers and CEOs in India were sitting at home doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And suddenly they read something interesting. But the other 50% was thinking, what is, what is the biggest problem in electric mobility, which is not specifically in India, but also in India, the cost of the electrical vehicle, the range of the electrical vehicle, the lack of charging infrastructure 
and the battery lifetime. If I can say one word how to solve it, the word will be efficiency. Mm-hmm. Now, when we think about the most common vehicle in India, you're talking about a rickshaw, a three-wheeler. Mr. Modi, the Prime Minister of India, said that in 2023 to 2025, if you have a gasoline motorcycle or a gasoline rickshaw, you will not get a license to go on the road. So it's a big incentive to go electric. But the problem is the rickshaw companies and motorcycle companies have done was, okay, we have a rickshaw, which is petrol-based. Let's remove the tank and put battery. Let's remove the engine and put a motor. They rigged the petrol one or retrofit it with electrical parts. And this is very not efficient. Right, because it was built for a gasoline engine and yeah. not for a battery. So it's, so it's very heavy. You need a big motor, high power consumption, big battery, very expensive, short range. How short? If a petrol rickshaw can reach more than 200 kilometers per tank, very small tank, an electric rickshaw can reach 50 kilometers. It is ridiculous. And yes, you have the charging infrastructure problem and then you have the battery lifetime issue. But the thing is, if you make a carbon rickshaw, which in my case is a composite bamboo rickshaw, it is very lightweight. How light? 150 kilos instead of half a ton. Wow. Okay. So I don't need to tell you physics. You know, if you have a very light vehicle, you need smaller motor, less power consumption, smaller battery, lower cost higher range, but then still you have a problem with the infrastructure and the battery lifetime. So to solve that, what we've done, say, okay, with a big rickshaw, heavy rickshaw, the power consumption is so high, we cannot charge it on the way. But if it's a very small rickshaw regarding a smaller power consumption, sometimes like one-fifth or one-tenth of the power consumption, you can put on the rickshaw, if you look on the rickshaw from the above, you have about three square meters roof. Hmm. You can put a solar panel. Wow, and it will still be lighter than a standard roof. Yeah, still. So you can charge when you go. And so you don't need to stop to charge, which is another pattern that we have, but you don't need to stop and charge and you don't have any range anxiety. And regarding cost per kilometer, at least until now, no one is taxing the sun. Currently, right? Currently, currently, no one is taxing the sun. But then we had the last problem, which was the temperature in India, which is the average is about 40 degrees Celsius, and the battery needs something like 15 to 20. So it's twice the temperature that the battery needs. So the batteries are actually, the cells are being boiled. Mm -hmm. So you get something like half a year to a year warranty on the batteries, which are in rickshaw, Maybe in a car, it's 40%, 30% of the cost. In a rickshaw, it's about two-thirds of the cost. Mm -hmm. So you need a very reliable battery. And we found a way to have a battery that can sustain up to 55 degrees in the shade. Okay, no, I'm not talking under the sun. So we sold that. This is the reason why uh, a lot of uh, investors in India were interested. And we are in negotiations. It's it's taking a very long time, but we are progressing there, you know, COVID-19 and such. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what was the inspiration? Was there some sort of spark that said you you woke up one day and said, hey. You're giving me goosebumps. (laughs) 
Yes, obviously. You know, I was dealing with high-tech products and services all the time. 15 years ago, about 15 years ago, while I was uh, riding my mountain bike, which was back then an aluminum-based one, mm-hmm. specialized brand. I got to see, I got the, the, the ability to see your bamboo-based yeah. mountain bike. Yeah, this is the, the current one. So I was riding, uh, I was riding my bike near uh, kibbutz and in the entrance of the kibbutz there was a mountain a pile of bicycle junk and a very old veteran army veteran from the commando he was from the commando back then many many years ago and he, he was actually taking used parts of bicycle polishing them coloring them and building something and, and sell it in for $50. Okay. Like statues and things like that? Or no, not statues. Was... Like, like actual bikes for the kibbutz. Oh, and... I see. Okay. He was sort of refurbishing. Okay, kibbutz uh, and Carmel. And he said to me, Ophir, do you have a job for me? And I got goosebumps as, as I get every time I'm telling that. And understood that, Ophir, this person, if he will not have a job, he's very old. Maybe he will die. Not everything is high tech. Let's think about making um, a bicycle. Now I said, okay, sustainable, okay, from junk parts, that's not the issue. And I said, okay, you love bicycles. You think about a, a sustainable solution and you don't want to bring the parts from China, for example, and you want to employ people here because back then 200,000 bicycles were imported to Israel and now it's three times as much. Wow. So there is a startup nation and there is a let's be a bicycle nation. We are achieving a lot of success in many, many fields. Then I said, okay, I heard that, that bamboo is strong. You know, that, that back there in China, they built scaffolding for buildings from bamboo. Maybe it's good for bicycles. And the first shock was by Googling and see that I've seen a picture of a very old bamboo bicycle in a kind of a museum. And But it was written there that the year that it was built was 1896. And this was wow for me. Uh, it seems that bamboo was considered to be the carbon of its times. If you wanted to have a very lightweight furniture or a lightweight uh, sport bicycle, it would have been built from bamboo. Actually, the uh, rims of the wheels until the 1940s in sport bicycles were made from bamboo. And, you know, and then you had aluminum and carbon and other composite materials. So people forgot about bamboo. But that was the moment of inspiration, you know, meeting this guy and deciding to make bamboo bicycle. So did you give him a job in that? Yeah, he was building the first bicycles. He was the one who was building them. The yeah, now he's too old. But from time to time we speak and, you know, and we meet. Because right now we, we are a kind of a, an engineering company that are using bamboo as a composite material to do projects, okay? Mm-hmm. Not just bicycles. But that was the point of inspiration, yes. Let's talk about recommendations that you may have for other people that are in your position. They have some sort of idea. They're founders. They want, they want to start a, a new company. What sort of advice would you give them from your experience? I have a saying. I don't know if I invented it or... But I'm saying for any entrepreneur, if you truly believe in yourself, if you truly believe in what you are doing, never give up. No matter how many times you will fail, just really never give up. Then success is assured. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm meeting entrepreneurs 
that after one trial, say, okay, it will not work, you know. So you cannot think like that. You need to dream. Really, think about the highest possible. I'm not talking about, okay, I want to fly. Let's try to jump from the cliff and see if I can fly, you know. Uh, let's be logical. But yes, you need to dream because only then you can achieve something. Let's talk a little bit about funding. You have funding for your company. What tips can you give to entrepreneurs regarding funding? Well, it's totally different 27 years ago and now. Although 27 years ago, we didn't call it startups. We call it projects. <laughs> 20, 30 years ago, you need to have a lot of money to do something or you need to have a lot of abilities to do something by yourself without getting a loan from the bank. Right now, you have... And I say for, to entrepreneurs, you don't need $1 million to start something. You need $1,000, you say. And who doesn't have, you know, a few thousand shekels to put, okay? And people say, no, it's not possible. I said, look, you need a business model. You need someone that will write good thing about you on LinkedIn, Facebook, and a resume, a CV. You need a good presentation, I don't know, maybe even a business plan or something in a website. So people ask me, so how could it be done in $1,000? I said, there is a website, another Israeli startup called Fiverr, okay? And really everything you get for a few bucks. Now, I'm not saying it will not be the polished presentation that you will show to VCs, but you are not going with an idea to a VC, you need to start with something. And this something, you need your own money to start with. If you are not going to put your own money, I don't think you are fit to be an entrepreneur. You need to invest. If you believe in what you do, you need to invest something. And I'm not talking about tens of thousands of shekels, okay? $1,000, that's enough to check any idea if it's good or not. So you're saying take small steps, start out slowly. Uh, we call it, uh, now, right now, we call it bootstrap, you know. But it was always like that, you know. I was always in all my startups using my own money to start with. I mm -hmm. uh, didn't know it's, it, is, it was called bootstrap, okay? Mm -hmm. Proving to myself. Again, doesn't matter how many times I fail. I tried again and again. For example, with Bamboo, it took me seven years to reach to a bamboo species out of 1,500 that will not crack. Seven years. T took me another two years to pass uh, one of the strict German certification called TUV-SUD, which is a very strict level of certification because I can buy certificate somewhere from Poland or Russia or I don't know. No, I went to the German labs to get TUV on the bicycle. Mm -hmm. But in any case, you can start step by step there are methods right now, and actually, um, since I'm not flying every month to China right now, I have a lot of time, and investors sometimes can come with the idea to me, or an entrepreneur comes with an idea to me. Sometimes, after investing already 100,000 shekels in something without any business model, mm -hmm. Yes, I'm going to uh, fly to the States and then I will do this and that. Wait, do you know what is your market? What price are you going to sell? And uh, you understand that. So there, there is a structure, there is an, an order how to do things. But regarding funding, you don't need to start with $1 million. Mm -hmm. After that, in Israel, for example, you can get 
grants from the Israel Innovation Authority. You can get loans, uh, subsidized loans from the bank. You can do crowdfunding. I recommend to go to investors as a last option. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, an investor uh, will want uh, to control the company. It is not for sure that uh, he wants the company to succeed. He wants to enter at a very low value Mm -hmm. stage of the company and exit at a very high stage. They don't care. And this is why many, many startups that you hear about are raising money, but how many of them are actually succeeding to stay and become a company? And it's very few. Right. So you're saying if if you get an investor, then make sure the investor is interested in what's best for the company, for the future of the company. Yeah. All right, Ophir, thank you very much for taking the time, for inviting me to your beautiful place here on Mount Carmel and for showing me your bamboo products and talking with me about the technology and about your experience. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That was Ophir from A Bamboo Bike. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. We'd love to hear about your startup and what you're working on. If you have a great innovation, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by going to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup. We have a special site specifically made for startups in order to help startups protect their innovations. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.